Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast, brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is my good friend, Sarah Dietschy. I was fortunate enough to have Sarah on a parody that I did a while back. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. I wore it. It was an iPhone parody music video. If you haven't watched that, I'll link that down below. But since then, Sarah and I have both had a big change in our lives. She's moved from New York City to Dallas, Texas, and I've moved from Los Angeles to Nashville, Tennessee. So in this podcast, we talk about what it's like to go from a big city, whether or not it's worth it to live in a city like that as a creative, and moving to a more rural area, or if you happen to live in a rural area, can you make it work? We also talk about really nerdy gear stuff like the ATEM Mini Pro and all sorts of different streaming setups and multicam setups, as well as what it's like to be a creator at her level, going through some big changes in her life. Also, what do you guys think of my new set? Isn't this pretty sweet? I'm still working on it. I got this little mic set up here and my guitars. I brought these out for Sarah, but I may keep them. All right, without any further ado, let's listen to my conversation with Sarah Dietschy. You're in Texas and I'm in Nashville. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like we have to have like a a discussion on our new lives. <laughs> well, that's why cell. I've been, I know I've been wanting to talk to you because like, I don't know about you, but living in LA was, was a lot of fun and it was, it was great, but having a family and stuff like that, it just, it didn't fit that mold for me. And I've got, I've got two kids, so I'm a little ahead of you in terms of the, like the family life situation. Mm-hmm. You'll get there eventually, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was it was just really too much to deal with with covid and the lockdowns and living on top of other people in an apartment and in a crowded space and also let's just be honest it's extremely expensive and when you live in it it's kind of like you justify it by saying well i make more money here everybody i know makes more money but it's kind of like okay well you can make more money but you also have to work more to make more money mm-hmm. so I kind of had this light bulb moment for me where I said I could actually work a little bit less, still keep the quality of work good, but make enough to live off of and have a house with a yard and obviously be near my parents, which has been incredible for my kids because now my grand, their grandparents are like taking care of them multiple times a week. So it was kind of a no brainer for us. Um, Were you thinking a lot of the same things as well? I mean, I don't regret living in LA and, and living in California. And I know you probably don't regret mm-hmm. living in New York, but. Yeah, it was one of those things where I feel like the, you know, the phase of my life that I knew was coming just basically like sped up a little bit. So with, you know, the pandemic and everything, um, all of those things that, that you said that are so great about living in those places, right? Um, New York, LA, uh, the you know, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of work, which is so true. But um, a lot of that stuff stopped when the world changed, right? (laughs) So there was like less reason to be there. But also, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head is I think we've all been like craving humans more now than ever. And so Mm -hmm. um, having the stability of just having family close to was my like number one driving force. So yeah, we don't have kids yet. That'll be, you know, great free babysitters when we cross that you know, um, go down that road. (laughs) But, um, in the meantime, I'm just like, I just want some easy hangs, (laughs) you know, I want to like drive 20 minutes and just be with like my family, have dinner and then like go back to my life. And, um, it also came, it stemmed from just like, I just want to, I was only working from home. So the journey to my office seemed, it just seemed like a mountain that I had to climb every time I, I, needed to make a video. And even though I got everything dialed there Mm -hmm. and I'm like, now that I'm setting up all my stuff in our, in our new place, I'm like, Oh man, the office was so dialed, but I just never went there (laughs) because it was just too much, it was too much of an issue. So I'm all about, so of course, yeah, having that support system is huge, but now having, you know, our own space to where like we have a office now, you know, we, it's very, it's much easier to afford more space here, um, to have our own kind of working from home office. Um, it's so funny when you're like starting from scratch though, you forget how much, how much it takes to get to that point. Like, okay, I got my desk set up. I got most (laughs) of the tech set up. I still haven't like 
everything is like halfway there, which is like uh-huh. kind of a nightmare. You know, I need to like hang up my lights. I need to figure out my audio situation. I need to put up noise panels because like, as you can tell, I'm sorry, everyone listening to this. I'm sure my audio could be better. Apologies. But um, well, you tried. Yeah. We we did try to get your nice microphone set up and we it just just decided yeah, to forfeit. it's like one of those microphones that I think <laughs> is like gold in like a perfect studio set. So it's like it's going to take a minute for me to hang up everything <laughs> and, and get the noise panels up. So we'll we'll try later. Um, but yeah, so it's it's like we're it's just funny because it was so like New York just got so annoying. And then we moved here. <laughs> and then, of course, we're like checking off all the marks. We have family and stuff. But it's still just been a little bit annoying settling into a new space. I don't know, like how you've been, but because you like moved into a proper house, right? Yeah, so I'm sure it's there's a, a lot of space, a lot of rooms, but like it's more space than I've ever had in my life. So yeah. we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So like going from you have to buy furniture and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, we couldn't find a couch that we liked. Of course, this is all first world problems, but like like just couch hunting alone was such an adventure. And then we finally found one that we liked. And it's gonna take four months. Yep. Everything's back ordered. Oh my COVID, gosh. So. Yeah. And then so now I'm just focusing in on like, okay, my job is to film and record, so let's figure that out. But then that takes so long because I'm not going to sit here and complain because we're really glad to be here. But, yeah, it's just, like, little stuff like, okay, just hang up a light like it was my office. But then I do, like, the stud finder thing, and, like, this wall is just, like, all electrical wires. You know how, like, the electricity? And I'm like, well, I don't want to die. So now I have to figure out how to, like, hang it from the concrete ceiling. Oh, my God, concrete. That sounds intimidating. So stuff like that, but we're getting there. Just put a grid up there and hang lights from the grid. That'd be sick. Honestly, I really should, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm. this is probably the most this set has been dialed. I've been painting these walls this week and the lighting isn't even, It's there's no lighting. I just have a, fee, a, kill, a, a kill and a fill. Yeah. <laughs> I have a fill and a key <laughs> and a stupid light back there. I need to work on it, but it looks good. Um, it looks good. It's so fun though to set it up. It's, it is it's like, fun. it's frustrating when you're like, okay, now I got to actually use it, but it's not fully there. I wish we had the time to just like pause everything for a month, but that's not super realistic, but it is fun setting stuff up. I took a, I've taken about two months off other than this podcast. I haven't posted anything. It's been really nice. refreshing to not do anything. Heck yeah, good for you. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, when when we moved here, the very first day I came here from driving from California, which is a three day journey, by the way. Although we did it in four days because I was yeah. uh, with my dad and he is old and didn't want to do it in three days. But anyways, she was like, "Can you promise to me to like not do anything extra for like two months? Just kind of do what is your job, which is this mm-hmm. and like." I've got another job now too. And I was like, no, I, I got to be creative and do other things. No, that's but smart like, though. I mean, she that was, is so she was smart. right. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I literally didn't accept anything for two months because you're going to be so thankful that you're, you're just going to be ready because yeah. half doing my job and half doing my new, uh, like home has <laughs> honestly been a nightmare. And then like both things get half done. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also to you guys (laughs) have a relationship with your fiance and Mm -hmm. your your family as well you got to balance all that so exactly it does help that he's a youtuber as well so that he at least understands it and you don't have kids so exactly makes it a little take advantage of yeah take advantage of the free time you have now yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like you have free time but believe me you do um (laughs) that's what i've heard um I'm wearing my Apple shirt in honor of you. I bought this at Cupertino. I think you got one as well. Yeah. When we did our shoot. Um, it feels like forever ago now. Such a good wrap. Yeah. It feels like a completely different world. (laughs) Was that the (laughs) last time that we could go to an event like that? Probably. It was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah, that was WWDC 2019, right? Or the iPhone launch 2019. One of those. Um, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have happened in your life and your career. Um, What's going on right now with Saradici land? I mean, obviously the move, but yeah. like I've been seeing you really jazzed about gear and like getting into that. Have yeah. you like rediscovered a passion for what you do now that you've got this fresh new kind of Yeah, it's just been like, you know, it's funny that I started off 
this entire podcast just complaining, but it has been like <laughs> so much fun because I, I do have these because I wasn't going to my office and I was just working from home a lot in New York. Mm-hmm. I have like all of this regret of for a year, just like not dialing in my setup. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, one of my favorite YouTubers right now is meet Kevin. He's a finance guy. And he just has his set so dialed. And I interviewed him recently. And it was like so fun just learning like other people's setups. I forget that that like that's literally I feel like how I started with like creative spaces TV and stuff. So it's been You're right. It's it been is. yeah. So it was kind of fun to kind of do like a mini that, like virtually. It's not the same because you can't sure. make it cool. But well, just he me, made it cool because he had 20 cameras. Exactly. <laughs> so just me, like just the person who loves gear that was just so fun so now it's fun to be like oh how can i do that and like i just um you know i feel like i'm just burning my money anyways with this move so why not buy a lot of new gear um so so yeah and it's fun because like half the stuff i had it so i had a teleprompter i have a display um you know that's how i'm like looking straight into my camera to you but also seeing you um it sounds so silly, soul. but exactly. But I never even like <laughs> thought of that. I'm like, oh my God, that's so smart. And then he used all of these hardware solutions to do his mm. switching. Um, and basically I was like, duh, because I'm not from the <laughs> broadcast world. I didn't even think about that. I'm always thinking like OBS, mm-hmm. um, you know, Elgato Cam Link, all of that stuff, just doing it through that. But um, it's so cool to just have physical buttons and to be able to switch like, okay, like now I'm looking at me, but then now I'm looking at you. And then, um, you know, I can also, uh, with the Ada Mini Pro ISO, it has that uh, multi-view, which essentially is like an aux. So what you're seeing, what I'm seeing in the teleprompter can be different than what the program's seeing, what you're seeing. So that essentially does what he's doing with his like $6,000 roll-in switcher but with like an $800 one. So that's been really fun to figure out. And now, so now I'm just like at the audio phase, which I'm sorry again, that it's not perfect, but now I'm like, okay, where do the panels need to go? Um, How can I, yeah, but it's fun to figure out and tweak. Totally. And I'm just, I'm so determined to get it set up Mm -hmm. now because last year was such an awkward year of like, oh, well, you know, I'll go to, I'll keep going to the office. Yeah. And then I think everyone was just like, no, no. But uh, one of the things that's kind of been a topic of my podcast for the last two or three months is at least for me and and a lot of other creators journeys, especially in this camera gear niche is kind of like, I've had this conversation with Josh Yo, with Jesse Driftwood, with Gerald Undone. And I feel like all of us are starting to face this reality of like, we're just making commercials for these companies for free. And I'm kind of tired of it and I want to like do something else. And at least for me, every time I would experiment with something fun or different, it didn't get the response that I was hoping for. And the Serodici model, one for me, one for them, like, yes, it works. But also at the, at the end of the day, like if you got to pay bills with the channel, like I want high views and I want to be bringing in more people. So, oh yeah, that doesn't mean disregard views. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even the one for me, I'm still like. You still have to play the game, yeah. One for me, but not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's everything's a balance, but also with understanding that, like, you're still doing a job, you know? It's like whatever, yeah. whoever the quote is, like, the difference between an artist and a professional is just, like, doing the work or something. I, I don't know. I, I butchered that. I severely butchered that. <laughs> Basically, but sometimes some days, it's work. yes. Yeah. Some days you just have to wake up and you just have to get to work. You know, you just have to do your job. And I think (laughs) that's the difference. People who continually show up and sometimes it seems Mm -hmm. like they do have overnight success. But then you see, oh, this track record of them putting in the work, you know. Um, Oh, I think it's like amateurs wait for inspiration to hit and professionals like get to make work it. every day. Yeah. They just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make maybe inspiration. That's, maybe that's a little doing. bit closer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. But no, the gear thing is is interesting because like now I don't even pay attention to embargoes. So I'll have those mm. same meetings and I'll be like, oh, Sony, you got a cool thing coming out. And I'll be like, okay, like I'll do a video on it if it fits into all the other videos that I want to make, you know? Smart. Yeah. 
it's not i feel like even just in the last two years it's changed dramatically like i started three years ago and all it really took for me to like make a living was to just kind of hustle and mm -hmm. now i feel like there's just so many people doing these reviews and ndas like it's just it's so much i don't know yeah yeah it's you know they'll always get somewhat like somewhat an amount of views. So I think it'll just be a cycle. Like the people who already have attention are going to shift to more interesting things. And that's hopefully going to keep the audience engaged. And then that void will be filled with smaller creators who are now, because, you know, once we stop paying attention, then the company will be like, oh, you know, who are people we can reach out to? So it'll move down. Mm -hmm. um, smaller creators will get those opportunities, which will be good for them. They'll they'll get a boost with that stuff if we're no longer covering it. And then it'll just be a cycle. They'll yeah. grow. They'll get bored with it. The people <laughs> who can, the people who have a personality outside of what they're reviewing will survive mm -hmm. and everyone will fall by the wayside. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you're a great example of it. You've been doing this for such a long time now and mm -hmm. have continued to like have new chapters of your journey. And when we met for well, not when we met, but the second when we did the shoot at Santa Monica together. Yeah, we we had a couple of conversations. I could kind of sense that it felt like you were a little burned out or like, I don't know. It just I kind of picked up on the way you were talking about, like, I got all these things I got to do. You know, I got my manager, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Have you been able to kind of find new enjoyment and, and excitement into it? Because I feel like, like you said, the Meet Kevin interview We'll yeah. link it in the video. Like it's so passionate. I can see your excitement on your face. Yeah, I just I'm trying to just do thank you. And you know, even if that that's so what you started to say, like, oh, maybe what you want to do, um, you know, isn't gonna get the same amount of views. I'm just like I'm allowing myself some room to just make stuff I wanna make. Mm -hmm. Um because, you know regardless I'll, I'll allow myself like one video per quarter to just be kind of like like a post um yeah. <laughs> that's what the, the people say like um if anyone uh follows lewis rossman awesome youtube channel but he is like the king of like essentially posting where he just does not care he won't even make thumbnails but he's such an interesting dude people still show up so even though that meet kevin video actually took a lot like a lot to make to figure out, you know, how we were going to do it and all that stuff. Um, the finance world, finance YouTube and my YouTube have really no crossover. So I was like, okay, I'm running the risk of, you know, this getting zero views. But I was like, this is a video that potentially could do well in search and with the algorithm. Mm -hmm. um, and I was actually right. I was nervous in the beginning because it flopped in the beginning, 10 out of 10. But I'm like, I trust this thumbnail and title. I didn't change anything. And now it's like getting back up to my normal views, nice. which is good. Um, but that was just so fun. So yeah, I, I'm just, and I try not to, I try to change it up to where it's not all superficial and talking about gear, but like at the end of the day, <laughs> like it's how I started. And I just like, love it. I love finding yeah. like little solutions for this and that. And I'm also trying to figure out easier way to make YouTube videos because so many times things happen and like, I just want to talk about it. And the gap to being like, I have an idea to set up everything is just way too complex. So that's what I'm <laughs> having fun uh, setting up right now. Of course, like I mentioned, there's some roadblocks of like, I don't know how to screw into a concrete ceiling. Like, am I going <laughs> to die by a 300D falling on my face? You know, oh but, yeah. but yeah, I'm just having a lot of fun with that. And like, just like fun with life stuff and figuring out that like people want to, um, you know, people want to hear like what I'm up to and like, I'm just okay uh, some of that stuff can be scary because it's not normal. It's not, you know, my normal kind of like tech stuff. Mm -hmm. So you do kind of run a risk with views and, oh, what will people expect? But you just sprinkle it in, you take the feedback, and then again, you find a balance between those two. And it's so it's been fun to bring everyone along uh, with me to this very big transition because living in <laughs> New York for five years, fast paced life, going to events, posting, you know, tech videos super quick all the time, you know, doing like 12 laptop reviews in a year. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but like I take laptop reviews very seriously. <laughs> so like that was <laughs> a lot in 2019. It's like one a month. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I've just kind of like dialed things back, changed things up, 
kind of story of my life is just recalibrating. You kind of like heads down, get to work for years at a time. And so every now and then you just kind of got to look up and I'm in one of those periods looking up, looking around. Okay. What should I change? What should I continue doing? And then how Mm -hmm. do I move forward? Yeah. I mean, same here. And like, I, you know, we follow each other on Twitter and stuff and I see your posts and I am like, Oh, that's so me right now. Cause like, Mm -hmm. it's funny. We are in a kind of a parallel situation where I'm going from LA being a big YouTuber on this big channel whatever. And I mean, it's not the same in that respect, but like it, it has been a bit of an identity crisis for me to go from like essentially a dream job scenario, hosting a big channel and having aspirations to grow that and have funds and editors and shooters and a studio Mm -hmm. space and all that to now like okay back to kind of square one again and it is nice to be on my own for the first time I've been working with Kinetika and then Indie Mogul which I didn't own either one of those I'm trying to figure out like what to do next and uh I don't know why I'm saying all this I'm just kind of like sharing with you as a friend but um I've been struggling with like the entertainment side and that's something I've been talking a lot about is like, I feel like I really am more of an entertainer than anything. So mm-hmm. I want to get into like comedy and entertainment. So that's, that is what I'm going to be doing next. And on the opposite side of this camera is that set that I'm building. So awesome. um, I'm excited to try that out, but I'm a little nervous. Cause like the camera tech world is like where I've been for so long. But yeah. um, anyways, well, that's yeah, what's going like, on over here. It's scary to make those changes but it's like i don't know it's it's so necessary for your human to be able to wake up every morning and you know it helps to know that you're moving towards a goal that matters to you and it's not just all pointless and um i think that's why you just have to constantly be reinventing yourself Mm -hmm. you know and that's why it's like honestly my my biggest struggle this past and i guess caveat people are going through much harder things. Yes, I'm fully aware this past year has been <laughs> insane. But, um, you know, going to what you're talking about, kind of that identity crisis, I think I would just had so much stuff going on. I had to take a step back and say, okay, like what really matters? And like, you can't do everything. That mm-hmm. was hard to come to terms with because I'm so used to just like, do everything, you know, rock and roll. Um, but no, I, I had to, okay, like, okay, you have a lot of things going on. The, you know, your podcast is actually taking away from your main channel, which is not good. The main channel is like everything. So, you know, how can you refocus on that? Figure out a way, Hey, if you want to bring it back, what is like a more sustainable way? And it's just, I think you never have to be stuck in doing something forever, especially when you're controlling it. I think we get stuck in like the rat race because it's like, oh, you just got to do it because everyone else is doing it. Right. Um, And I'm almost in a it's funny because this is a podcast. So sorry, I'm saying (laughs) this, but I'm like in such an anti podcast in terms of like like me creating it right now, just because everyone's doing it right now. Uh So I'm like, okay, every if everyone's doing it. I'm like, this is not interesting to me anymore, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I'm kind of like, okay, I still love interviewing people, you know? So I've been like chewing on that for past seven, eight months. I'm like, what in the world do I do with that creative life? Because there's so much potential there and like there's so many already good interviews there, but Mm. how can I do it in not only like a, a sustainable way to where I'm not like losing sleep, running two things, but like, you know, still providing value to my audience, but also in a way that like is just not in the same form I've been doing. I don't know. It's been yeah, too weird. I, There's been a lot of like me just sitting here staring at a wall thinking. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's amazing how uh I, I don't know about you. When I when I was young, I was like, I guess I'm gonna just like be a filmmaker and try to like I'll do a short film and then music videos and then that'll lead to something or whatever. And there was like this kind of ladder process of you start here and you slowly grow as a filmmaker. But now that like I've discovered YouTube and as you've had success on YouTube as well, it is kind of like whatever you choose can probably work if you just put in the time. So there's kind of almost like so much opportunity in front of you that it's like it's like having a director that has an unlimited budget and just does a bunch of special effects for the sake of it. And it doesn't right. help the story. It's just like, right. you know, yeah. 
And so you have to be, you not only have to protect your time, but you have to, again, maybe the theme of this is just finding a balance. And I'm sorry, yeah. I just decided be to mow super outside. Super self-aware too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to like, okay, you need these side projects to stay like alive. I feel like to feel like you're always doing something new. Cause I feel like people who mm-hmm. build things always need that. Cause it can be honestly very boring to have something that works. Um, I know that might sound insane to the people on the outside, but once you arrive to something that's working, like my main channel, okay, that's boring to me now. Like I figured it out, right? So on to the next thing. But also what's very frustrating is something that maybe you've been doing for three years, like my podcast, that seems to not be gaining momentum because that's also a sign of like, oh, you can't be doing the same thing expecting different results. So um, it's you know, finding those side projects that keep you going and like keep that spark alive, but also knowing when to kill them off and when to double down on what's working. And that's, Mm. that's like been such a big, yeah, thing that I've been trying to figure out. Absolutely. I, I mean, the podcast topic is really interesting because that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Cause like I've been doing this podcast now for two and a half years and we just started the like YouTube channel back in February or whatever. Um, so I'm just now doing that and I'm like, do I do a clips channel? I don't have time to do a clips channel. Do you want my two cents? Yeah. Do you want, do you want to know like six months of me just thinking (laughs) thoroughly about this? Yeah. Well, yeah, I have another idea too that I'll share, but yeah, no, no, no. You go first. You go first. Well, it's super meta because here I am interviewing you. I feel like guest-based podcasts are like a dead end because like then I'm, I'm so reliant on the guest to show up every week and the quality of the guest. I mean, obviously right now I have you, so I know it's going to be great, but I would love to have more of a Howard Stern style thing with me and like two other co-hosts like H3 podcast. And like, yes, we can have occasional guests and it would be like a very structured formulaic thing. And then it's on my schedule every week and it's like a routine and it's, I'm not relying on other people. I don't have to like you know, ask for somebody to send me a 4k file over Dropbox after our interviews over, you know, stuff like that. But anyways, that's where I currently am is trying to figure out how to make this more sustainable. But let me hear your two cents. Um, well, I'm realizing that like, hopefully this mowing isn't, do you hear it as much as I hear it? Okay. No, I don't. Maybe it's okay. Okay. Thank goodness. Okay. All right. Um, good job (laughs) road. Uh, are you using the, the, the version two? No, I'm not. I need to. I need to cop them. Ah, I love um, it. I've yeah. been using it a lot. I, yeah. I have two. I interview two people a lot now. And yeah, it's been phenomenal. no. They're so. I think this is one of the. What are they called again? Road Go. The road. The road wireless go. Two. Road wireless go. Okay. Yeah. The fact that it has recording on the transmitter is yeah. huge. Yeah. It's got the built-in screen, which is great. Battery mm-hmm. life is great. It, it is annoying. Like I have to buy another set because I'm doing shoots now where I'll. I'll shoot for like six or eight hours straight. And you can't just replace the batteries. That's that's so, my that's biggest annoying. Yeah, annoyance. But I think but, that's one of the best inventions from Rode by far. I love those little things, even the first version. Not only that, I would go as far as to say that it is probably one of the best products. The, this version two may be one of the best products of like the last decade, like maybe five years. Like it is that. so powerful as a tool. Yeah. It Not only can you just clip it on your shirt like you, but you can use it as a pack yeah. it's got recording built in which is a big f you to that lawsuit issue with that company there's a company that owns the patent on recording on the transmitter oh so that's why nobody's ever done recording on a wireless lav because there's this film company that owns the patent on it and they their packs are like seven thousand dollars for the pack wow and so, so how'd they every, get around it well, they got around it because uh, you can't. It's not an SD card. All the other one, it's like a micro SD card, and it records over itself after it gets full. And you have to use like a software to to offload it. Yeah. Um. They kind of made it a workaround by being like this really proprietary system, and it's not removable. Wow. Um, but they may still get sued, and Road is big enough to where they're kind of like willing to yeah. risk getting sued by this company who Heck has yeah, always Rode. won. So that's why you've never seen recording on a wireless lav, which obviously yeah. makes a ton of sense that every yeah, single one should have Yeah, now that you're saying that. that, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know, but Because it's a backup. I'll, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, Anyways. Yes, so, podcasting, go gear, go road. But 
Um, <laughs> also go polar pro. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the podcasting thing, I think if you're continuing the podcast, yes, like you have to go the more sustainable route where, um, it's either like just you or it's you and a person who can do it every week. And then having a guest is just like the cherry on top. Um, yeah. I think that is so necessary. I think it's also necessary to like have a goal and like have a section, like, like have a purpose. Cause everyone is just shooting this to be honest. And like, yeah. If thousands of people are doing that, then like, why is someone going to tune in for an hour of their time to your thing? That's a huge ask, right? It was, it was novel a couple of years ago, but not anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then also I'm seeing all of these people who I'm such big fans of in terms of them being storytellers and they're amazing video storytellers. And I'm like, I feel like we're going backwards. I'm like, all of these industry people are telling these YouTubers that, oh, audio is the only thing that matters. We want Apple Podcasts and Spotify numbers. That's how you get the ad cells. There's this big machine behind all of this that people don't know about that it's like, oh, if you can get a certain number of downloads, you're automatically in this network and you get X, Y, Z. But like, this is the thing. If you don't go, like, if you don't have like 100,000 downloads per episode, you're not getting any reasonable amount of money in sponsorship. So you first have oh, to yeah. figure out for your own. <laughs> and also it's like, like uh, someone who's a good example, like Elle Mills, her big announcement was her launching this podcast. And I'm glad because like it has a purpose. It's really beautifully branded, but it's audio. The first priority is audio. And I'm like, damn, Elle Mills is such a good video creator, but it's like, you get yeah. big and then for some reason you stop making videos because there's too much pressure. And I'm yeah. like, can we put the same crazy amount of podcast energy people are putting out there, <laughs> but into just like videos where yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not only a path for monetization, but like it's what so many people want to see. And it's what all these people are skilled at. I feel like me included, you you get chased or you get stuck chasing this thing that people are telling you, hey, you got to have podcast managers the outside world. Hey, it's just the thing you got to have. But Gary then it's v. like, what are you good? Yeah. Gary Vee. Exactly. What are you good at though? What are you good at? What if you actually doubled down on your YouTube channel because you're a video storyteller and guess yeah. what? You already have relationships with brands there. The metrics are super transparent. Everyone knows mm -hmm. exactly the views that you're getting. And also it's built on top yep. of an algorithm. So you have organic growth. Every time you post a YouTube video, it is an opportunity for a new person to see you. Every time you post a podcast is a new opportunity for someone to be like, ah, eh, unsubscribe to your podcast. So there's no, <laughs> there's no like forward momentum. And I'm just like, I know this is yeah. crazy because I talk about podcasting so much and, you know, I have videos about podcast setup and I have. 120 episodes of podcasts with that creative life, which I'm still, they're still great. But, um, just this past year, especially because of the saturation of things, I'm just like, man, this is, I just, this isn't the move the way I'm personally doing it and the way a lot of other people are doing it. It can still yeah. work. Um, but yeah, I think you would, I think you would do well finding, finding that like same cast of people and then, uh, bringing, bringing on interviews just when you want. With this show in particular, which is just a guest-based show, um, I've been trying to figure out, okay, I need to ask my questions that are clickable, you know, ask yeah. clickable questions so that I can break it out and then do a clip. But I'm not doing that because I don't, you know, I don't want to spend the extra time like editing five extra videos from yeah, this one I mean, video. that's why. And then and have I'm, two channels to keep track of yeah. as well? No, what I'm thinking, if if that creative life comes back, I'm doing it to where, first of all, the main episode is just a live stream. So there's absolutely no producing oh, that has to go into it. Um, and that is something that that'll be for the fam. That's for you guys. Like, I'm not going to worry about monetizing that stuff. Enjoy. I hope you find it's helpful. But the questions I'm asking, literally, like, I have an interview coming up that I don't know if the full interview will come out, but um, now it's not like questions, but it's specific topics that have YouTube titles associated with it. Exactly. So, and that will just go on my main channel. Everything's about my main channel now. And that's, and okay. that's kind of what I'm, I'm, so if podcast comes back, if I want to do X, Y, Z, if I want to interview this person, kind of like what it's I did with me, Kevin. Yeah. 
And that was the thing when Smart. I was, when I was talking with Kevin, I was like, oh, this would be a really good podcast. But I'm like, no, what's going to make a good YouTube video? And yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of just where my, there's nothing, r- there's nothing wrong with having a good mic and headphones in a YouTube video. Like it, it helps the, yeah. I, I feel like YouTube is very audible, like it's very audio driven, honestly. So at least I watch a ton of YouTube. I have premium, so I'll like play a video, put it in my pocket and do other things while I listen to the video. So um, have you found that like being back in Texas has been like boring going from like such a busy, exciting? Oh, not boring at all. It's actually like too chaotic. (laughs) Well, just with like, (laughs) you know, buying our place. um, That's true. You know, you're now responsible for appliances and stuff. And we just, we had the worst (laughs) luck with the winter storm in Texas. So everything broke. Oh my Um, gosh, yeah. So it's one of those things where I'm like. Everybody okay over there? Everyone's okay, but it's just like money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just like, well, thank God I didn't say no to all my brand deals. Because it's like, uh, you know, it's just. I mean, literally what just happened today is like our fridge broke. So we got to get it fixed. The person who we hired to get fixed, we just can't get in contact anymore. So apparently we just got scammed. Oh my can't gosh. get our money back because our fridge what isn't working. Uh, um, so now we have what? to buy a new fridge. Yeah. You know, had to replace our water heater. Um, and, you know, of course, like you can't blame anyone for like a one in 100 year uh Texas storm and it could have been worse but so yeah I'm waiting for things to get boring I'm waiting to like <laughs> have a fridge to have my tent water and like some sandwich stuff to where I can just live a normal life so um and and yeah so I think uh it was just a culture shock for us because it was like okay it's the weekend what do you want to do ah let's drive yeah. to the beach and then we yeah. go to the beach and then it's like, uh, you know, I got nothing to do. Let's go to like this really famous store that is only in LA. You know, it's yeah. just, there's a lot of exciting, cool stuff there. Yeah, that definitely, well, in New York, there's like no stores left. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it's in New York, it's, it's a little different because it's like, okay, Central Park. And then <laughs> like, okay, there are some cool <laughs> restaurants that are still in business, but like, seems like everything went out of business. That's so sad. Um, oh but my luckily, God. yeah, luckily, like the Dallas-Fort Worth area, like there's still a lot of stuff happening. And yeah. like, we chose to live in the center of it all. So there's still That's a lot good. of stuff happening. I, yeah, we can walk to like a really nice river that we're by. Um, and is, so is that where you're good. taking pictures all the time? Yeah. John, like laying on the ground? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's good. See, I th- I think that's our mistake is we picked a more rural area so that we could get a bigger house. Right. But now I'm kind of like, it takes us 30 minutes to get anywhere. So I think moving forward, like probably next year, we'll move somewhere like Brentwood or or something like, you know. I used to live in Brentwood. Yeah. I mean, it's a good spot. Bellmead area, Franklin. Yeah. I live right across from that Target um, in Uh in Brentwood. I know exactly where that on is. On the hill. And, uh, there was like an bread. apartment complex on the hill. Oh my gosh. I know exactly and, where that is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first apartment. Um, <laughs> and I remember it's that's where cool I, Springs Boulevard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where mm-hmm. I first got recognized. I went to the Panera Bread right across the street and yep. someone was there and was like, Sarah Dici? And I was like, me? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm interrupting this podcast briefly to remind you guys to please subscribe. Will you do it? Subscribe down below. Enable bell notification. All right, let's go back to my interview with Sarah. So what's some gear right now that's like getting you jazzed? Like obviously since we talked last, the A7S III finally came out and it seems to be fairly perfect. And it seems like what a Saradici personality would want, but I don't see you like raving about it like everybody else. I think I'm not, because it was just exactly what I needed. So I'm like, I've said it once and like every, because everyone else is talking about it. So I think everyone should understand at this point, like, oh, the A7S III, because it took so long to come out, it's almost like, oh, well, there's nothing more to be said. We've been anticipating it. It's exactly what we wanted. It's perfect. Cool. Cool. Like <laughs> moving on. What, what's next? And that's actually why, like, I'm actually shooting right now on an FX6. Um, so sure. I've been renting that because I'm like, I'm just like, I'm already bored with the A. Not, I'm not bored. It's just like it is perfect. So yeah. I'm kind of like, how can I get more of that? So right now, um, 
because I, I just sold a ton of my cameras and stuff. So um, I'll have the my Blackmagic setup for like a three cam setup if I ever need that again for interviews and things. But right now I'm kind of figuring out what is that perfect like Sony two cam setup. Because for my tech mm-hmm. reviews, I have that moving B cam a lot. Um, and for a while I was using the A7S three and also the A7 III. And just like, even though they're both Sonys, like the color has changed so much that it just, it doesn't yeah. match at all. So, um, I'm currently like playing with the, uh, FX6, FX6 yeah. the FX3 and the A7S3. And I'm figuring out, okay, what is the perfect companion to my A7S3? Um, and you know, I'm just, the FX6 is appealing to me just because I've been, I've been at so many shoots that it's like, oh my God, I feel like this agency was just hired because of their ability to rent an FX9. Like there's so much, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so silly, but like truthfully, sometimes the people who are hiring you just want to see that you own a big camera, which is insane. But I think that, you know, okay, like a one $6,000 purchase for like an FX6, it's still not massive. Um, it's still very easy to shoot handheld, but you kind of have that cinema camera look to where if you showed up on set with it, people would be like, oh, she's legit, right? <laughs> so um, I hate that it's like that, but it kind of just is. I still have to figure out the color because this is me using the still profile and it's still really not saturated at all. I really like the standard profile on the A7S III. It's so good. It's so good, right? And I was hoping that the standard profile in the FX6 would be the same, but it's not. Um, so they both have S-Cinetone, which is great if you're like going in and color grading. But I really like the image just straight out of the A7S3. So that's something I'm going to have to figure out. I only have yeah. it for like one more day. So I'm going to like search some try, LUTs. Um, Maybe I can like put some LUTs in there. So Definitely try S-Cinetone and just boost the saturation or something a little bit. Because yeah. it does have a lot of great dynamic range in yeah. that profile. Um, the last guy I interviewed before you this morning, he was shooting on an FX6 with a Cinetone through an Elgato, and it looked great. Like, it didn't seem yeah. to lack any contrast or saturation. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he added huh. a little bit of saturation, but... Yeah, because um, I had I had a Cinetone, and I was like, oh, this is so unsaturated. Um, okay. That I just kind of changed it to the still profile but yeah I, it's just like it's one of those cameras that like it takes a while to finagle and figure yeah. out but it's it's much easier I, I kept watching youtube videos and i'm like i'm not gonna figure this out by watching youtube videos so i just rented one yeah um, exactly because yeah it's like sometimes if you're gonna you have make to do that, that. Big purchase <laughs> yeah and then i'm obsessed i didn't know i would get into like switchers but i love this ada mini pro Um, I love that it has, it was like, I didn't research a ton. All I knew was like, oh, there's more options on the pro. So I'm going to go there, but I didn't fully understand how the multi-view worked, um, until I used it. And it's literally like you have an auxiliary channel for like a separate, uh, you know, whether you're using it for your teleprompter display or just a display off, um, you know, just to view your options. So I'm Uh really pleased with that. I can't wait to dial that in. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to figure out my... Heck yeah. There's not a ton of content setup. on that stuff too. You kind of have to really dig yeah. to find it. Yeah. Um, Photo Joseph is a friend of mine and he does a ton of ATEM mini stuff yeah. on his channel. But it's such a niche audience <laughs> that the video I'm making on all of this, um, it, you know, involves the roadcaster. So they just basically... I have the beta on here. Oh, what, was the, what was the tweet that got oh, deleted? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, you. So the tweet, I really, like you said, I really hope no one got fired, but I was basically talking about how the roadcaster is so big, I would love a mini mm. version. And they kept tweeting like the eye emojis at me. And oh, then like, I was, and then I, yeah, like the, ooh, like kind of like it's coming. And then I was like, oh my God, don't tease me like that or something like that. And then they just tweeted like the emoji, like the, you know, side <laughs> smile emoji. Um, yeah. So they were just tweeting emojis, but then they instantly got deleted. So okay, I have so a somebody feeling that there. that means, yeah, a mini roadcaster is coming. <laughs> I think that's what that means. Whoever but. whoever the boss of the PR person is just gave it away more than the PR person did. <laughs> exactly. I hope they realize, like, if yeah. they just left it, it would have been a mystery of exactly. like, and they didn't oh, they're just trolling. Anything. Yeah, it could have just been trolling you. Exactly. You know? 
the way they made it seem, it could have been like one of either way, but now that they've deleted, it's like, <laughs> oh, a mini roadcaster is coming out in like a few months. Um, but they just released a beta software where you can now use the sound touchpads as MIDI controllers. So Ooh. I've also been playing around with like just having a bunch of cam links and then switching with the Rodecaster via OBS. Interesting. And it's a little bit finicky, but with the addition of Elgato's new CamLink Pro, where you can just put it in your PC, have four HDMIs, that now allows live 4K live stream switching with four different inputs, all with your Rodecaster Pro or a stream deck mm. or something like that. So um, I was that's doing a lot great. of that too. And I this is what, yeah, as you can tell, I can talk about this forever, but that's what I've been like dorking out majorly. I started making a video about it that I was like, oh, it'll just be a quick day vlog. It's turned into like a week. Like now, <laughs> now I have to like add a sponsor in it because <laughs> I've spent so much time on it. I'm like, okay, Squarespace will sponsor this one. Um, but it's been, but funny. the point why I started saying that is going into it, I was like, if I title this anything with the gear that I'm using, it will get zero views. So <laughs> I, it's just going to be a very general title um, yeah. to hopefully get views. But but yeah, you got to play the game, man. So what, like my epic live stream setup or my epic multicam setup? I don't I, know. Uh, I'm literally going even more general and just going to have like a confused face and going to be like figuring things out. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> That's really well done. Yeah. See, you're such a pro. Um, uh, what's cool is uh, there's that Zoom. Zoom made a competitor to the Roadcaster, and it has this great auto ducking feature that like uh, it auto levels it. Like one of the most annoying things about editing podcasts for me is like every time you talk, I usually like will select all the parts where I'm just sitting here and yeah. just like pull the gain down so that you don't hear my little yeah. sounds. You yeah. know. Uh, and now there's like this zoom thing that does it automatically as you're recording, but the stupid zoom only does, um, 44.1 kilohertz or whatever it's called. Like it needs like video is recorded in 48. Mm. What, what? I don't know. What do you know what I'm talking about? What the, is it? The, the audio hertz, hertz thing. The frequency. Yeah. Frequency. Like video is always typically at. Yes. Is it 44 or 48? So I actually, I, had, I actually had a huge issue with my first Roadcaster where I had to return it because there was for some reason no fix to where I had to realign my audio with my video like every 10 minutes. So you're yeah, basically saying that the Zoom has that issue? What's it yeah, called? Yeah, exactly. I think it's called the something 8. Is it F8 or P8 or something? Oh, PodTrack P8? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Curtis Judd did a great... Uh, He's the YouTuber that reviews yeah. all the audio stuff. He's amazing. Oh, it he looks exactly it. like the Roadcaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, wasn't it great seeing the Roadcaster in WandaVision? Did you notice that? Yes. Yes, that was... I was like, oh my gosh, look, John. He's like, what, what, what? I'm like, it's a Roadcaster. He's like, what? Shut up. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's interesting because that literally looks like the Roadcaster, doesn't it? Yeah, so there's it's got really great um, high gain input, so you don't need a cloud lifter if you're using oh. like a Shure mic. Um, it's also got, you know, it's got. I think I guess it technically has two additional inputs, right? Does yeah. the Rode only have six? And it's full size SD, not micro SD, which I think is annoying, mm. but it's micro. But I still think the Rodecaster is better because of the. I mean, obviously the the sync issue. It would be a complete. Like it would be so annoying to do that with video. I don't know why yeah. they did that, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I just love that one so feature. Did they, is it a fix? Like have they announced that they're going to fix it? No, they, they haven't. There's like some Reddit threads on this topic, but I think it's, it may be an intentional uh, handicap because they sell higher end products. Oh my you know. God. I hate that. So what do you mean? So what, it, what are people going to use this for then? Just for live streaming? Audio, like live audio? Like, like audio not podcasts. video? Yeah, I, wow. I mean, I don't see how they would not consider video. I guess if you did live, you wouldn't have an issue, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. If how. you're not actually recording it, I don't think. But I record it locally on my C70 for everything and record local audio and then I just sync it. Mm, it you know how it would you would fix that? 
because I had to do this with my road, you could just put it in, if you have like an H6, of course this defeats the purpose of this, but if you wanted to use it as like a switcher and just a mixer, you could bring your final signal into an H6 recorder and then that would be able to sync. Yeah, there you go. So you just take the headphone output and just record it onto whatever, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or you would have to, you would have to take, depending what their outputs are, You could just plug it into your camera and uh, maybe even. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it just has to be plugged into an output, but then that lines up with your video. That's a good point. Okay, well then. So it's not completely useless because that's what I had to do with my first Rodecaster. I could output it to my C70 and the C70 has great preamps, so it'll Mm -hmm. sound good. And then Connor would be happy. Connor edits these now. What's up, Connor? (laughs) So it has six audio inputs. And uh-huh. what's special about this? Like, the, what is the this one? Have? The one killer feature that I love about it is the auto leveling feature, which is right, designed right, right, for right, podcasters. And it's just really well tuned to where, like, as I start talking, it doesn't just like. Have you ever used like a limiter that just sounds terrible? Yeah. Um, it's just designed specifically for this type of format where you talk, I talk, you talk, I talk, yeah. and it just completely and no kills. Editing. Yeah, it can, it'll cut out a huge amount of my editing time because there's so many times where I'm just selecting the moments of silence for me and just ducking them down. I will Which say... It's not that big of a deal, but it saves me a little bit of time. So. Totally. But I will say with the amount of updates that Rode has been doing with the Rodecaster, I wouldn't be surprised if that's just like an update that they roll out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. Rode is just, they have so much more money, it seems, and, yeah. <laughs> and power. And it's well, a better design stuff. tool. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're, I'm a fan of Rode. You can Anyways. send this podcast to Rode. Yeah. We'll send it over to them. I'm sure they'll, they'll <laughs> love it, especially since you're <laughs> promoting them on your shirt. Exactly. <laughs> can I, sh- can I share my idea with you before we go about yes. what I'm working on? I kind of want to just spitball it to you and see what you think. Totally. Are we doing it live here on the podcast? Do it yes. live. Okay, shoot. So, okay, so Dave Mays will still exist as myself, mm-hmm. YouTuber, podcaster guy. But on my personal channel, which is where I posted our parody so long ago, um, will all this will live. I'm going to remove all the gear reviews and just keep the two or three parodies that I made. So it's just, it's like from now on, it's just entertainment channel. Um, and I have this robot that I built because I don't have enough time to... Uh, do a YouTube channel by myself. So I build a robot and I have this costumed character that's, it's me in a costume. I think you might've seen it before, but it's kind of an Eddie Murphy situation where you, everybody knows that I'm also the robot sitting next to me. So there's like a little bit of post work to make that work, obviously. So I sit in a chair, I react to memes and different things. It's a reaction channel um, with a green screen behind it. So I can do all sorts of crazy, fun, weird wacky Dave Mays editing with that. Uh, I'll be on the right-hand side of the screen. My robot character will be on the on the left. He's also like the guy that essentially sets up the videos for me. So we have like a dialogue back and forth. So like if he throws in a video clip that's not supposed to be there, I can like yell at him for it. Or yeah. like if I'm thirsty and need a drink, he goes to the kitchen and gets me a coffee and he like drops it and spills it everywhere because he's mm-hmm. a klutz or whatever. So there's like this dynamic between the two of us where I'm kind of constantly frustrated at him and he's just kind of like an oblivious robot that is doing my bidding essentially. But like it's a reaction based channel. So it's still based on like, you know, top 10 epic fails or whatever. Lots of comedy, tons of comedy mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. I'm editing it as as well as I can to make it funny. Um, and it could be formatted for TikTok or YouTube shorts as well. Um and the, the kind of unique trait to it that I think could make it stand out is the fact that I I react authentically as myself with no mask. So I, you get that human connection of me going like, what the heck? And then you have the comedy that can come in with me essentially editing that and then writing lines that the robot says sitting next to me that I record separately mm-hmm. and we put together. I can like look to him and say things and then he says things back. So I have the unique advantage to like write in jokes in post based off of what I truly reacted to. I'm going to hire Connor to basically curate the content for me. So he'll be on Reddit and on YouTube finding trending things and interesting things for me to react to so that I actually have authentic reaction. 
and then I'm not wasting time like looking through videos mm. and just you know finding gold. Um, so that's the concept. It's like a reaction comedy based channel, maybe even a commentary style channel. It could work in that format as well. I think, um, it's repeatable, something I can do here in my studio and it's something that is fun and for a wider demographic. Sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of work. So (laughs) I think, I think the thing that you'll probably run into, like maybe it'll be fun to like do like a pilot of it, see how people react, see how it does like that version is like full throttle, everything you want it to be. Um, I think the only thing you'll run into is because it'll rely on topical things. Like, can you do all of that producing, filming, writing by the time that that topic is still hot? Sure. Because when you were describing that, I was like, oh, that seems like a ton of work. So if you can (laughs) do it, I think that's awesome. Um, But I think the, the thing with, reacting content and topical stuff is the good part about it is you can turn it around so quickly yeah so if you can find us if you can find a sustainable version of that i think that would be awesome i'm looking at obviously sniper wolf and mr beast reacts for inspiration and like they're taking you know epic slow-mo balloon explosions like you know stuff like that that's just fun to watch um not necessarily topical, but then, yeah, like if I can figure out a good workflow to where I can shoot, edit, deliver in a week, I mean, um, the goal is to have like a team of people involved in the editing so that it could be maybe even a, you know, at least a three a week channel. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out a way to like, by having an IP, having a character that I've designed this costume that I designed and you know, the logo and all this and that, Mm -hmm. like, you have product inherently that's designed to go with that. So you have shirts and action figures and comic books based on the robot. He can have his own TikTok channel one day. Mm-hmm. Like th- for the last two years, I've been thinking about all this and the last two months in particular, I've been trying to dial it as much as I can. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a lot of work for sure. Yeah. But I mean, no, I think it would uh, be smart, especially if you can, you know, it can be something that lives beyond you as well, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's awesome. That seems fun. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Like a lot of work, but fun. (laughs) You sound like stressed out from the idea of it. Um, No, I mean, I think it's basically with YouTube, I think that's the hardest thing to crack is the quality and quantity. So the quality and the level of that makes me super excited. And like, (laughs) I love the idea. But it doesn't have to be perfect either. Like once you right, get outside right, of the right. yeah. tech world, like my green screen key doesn't have to look good. Like it, exactly, it, you know exactly. what I mean. So if you can, yeah, if you can find that balance, I think it could be it could be killer. Especially if it's probably harder to develop a character that isn't a human. But if you can get that to click, I feel like I mean that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. When are you uh, when are you guys getting married? Do you have a, a date set? Man, we're probably just going to do it at some point. <laughs> it's it's getting like, yeah, just the whole Rona thing really threw everything off. <laughs> well, now you're in Texas, so you yeah. could probably do something with family and friends. Exactly. Up there. Exactly. We'll probably just do a low key thing like that. Okay. Well, if you need somebody yeah. to shoot it, let me know. I'll come down and do it for <laughs> Amazing. you. Amazing. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, everybody go follow Sarah Dici if you haven't already come on give me a break go follow her on YouTube uh, don't subscribe to the creative life uh, yeah apparently. Um, heck I'm, no I'm really interested to hear that yeah because like the last I I was listening to you I think you were talking to Mr. Beast on a on a clubhouse a while ago yep. or something yep. and you said make sure you separate a clips in a podcast channel and I was like yeah oh, okay I guess I'll do that but yeah. now you're- if you're taking it seriously well no it's like if if the podcast, if you're going to do a podcast, that still stands true and that you do not want. I mean, still, even if I bring it back, it'll only be the long form interviews on the That Creative Life YouTube channel. Like I will no longer have a clips channel. Um, because the so clips will live can, on your main channel as exactly, main content. Yeah, exactly. I'm just flipping it. But yeah, sense. I still. Colin say, and Samir did that. Yeah. Even if it has to do with. um uh that's just advice. Even if it's a podcast, you're starting another YouTube channel, make sure just that YouTube channel is one thing. And I know that's mm-hmm. boring, but like <laughs> you can't post 
a four minute vlog and then a 60 minute interview with some random person and expect your audience yeah. to like click on both of them. Exactly. So yeah. You can't have a gear review channel and then post a music video parody and expect it to yeah. do well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't care. It, it was fun. If it was fun for you, that's all that matters. Well, thanks again, Sarah, for coming on. We'll have to have you on another time. Of and uh, I am so excited to see your production uh, of your yeah. your new studio. Give me home. several months. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. Nobody's like holding a gun to your head. You can totally make it happen. Take your yeah, time. I'm make excited, it good. Though. Yeah. Have fun with it. Get bored a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Sarah Dietschy. It made me think a lot about podcasting in general and whether or not I should do some changes to this show. So if you want to see me do some different things with the Golden Hour Podcast, comment down below and let me know your thoughts. Also, if you haven't subscribed to Sarah Dietschy already, what are you doing? Subscribe to her channel. She's amazing. I'll link it down in the description below as well as the eye icon above. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. Follow me at Dave Mays on Twitter. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next week.